This is The Extra Sheet, the unofficial Age of Empires 4 podcast, hosted by me, Socraton, along with Beal and Sir Nevels. How are we doing today, guys? What's going on, man? pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, we got a bit of a change of plans in this episode. We originally were going to have our dear friend 10-4-Tim on to talk about Chinese and how to beat them and do a big in-depth discussion on that. Uh, Tim got uh, roped into casting, so he is busy. Therefore, we are going to postpone that for probably next episode or maybe further down the line. But we have a backup topic and uh, a lot more content for you today. So we will be discussing a number of things. You'll probably have already known what we're talking about if you looked at the description of the episode. But before we get into our main topic today, let's head on into a news hour break real quick. Top AOE news that I found this week, uh, and then we'll have Sir Neville's give us a uh, Golden League recap, which just finished for us uh, recording in today. It just just wrapped up. But AOE news, I don't have a ton. Um, top of the list, I think, is that Rising Empires has started a 2v2 league. So if anyone's out there is interested in, you know, doing a competitive game with partners and having a multiplayer uh, league, that is a thing now. First, I think it's the first yeah. of its kind, right, Beal? I believe it is. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I know a lot of people have reached out to Rising Empires. You you the weekly 1v1s uh, for low elo and then their uh, War Chief Club, which is an open tournament, but like for conquerors, basically to get tournament points. Um, and those have all been 1v1 tourneys uh, historically. And I know they've they've received a lot of feedback from people asking, like, when are you going to do something with the the 2v2 format? And so recently um, they ran a 2v2 tournament and had a whole bunch of signups, had two divisions. Uh, it was a great, great success. Um, and so they gave it a couple of weeks. Uh, Attico, um, who works with Rising Empires, basically runs everything, uh, went and devised a league format for 2v2 uh, where it's based on seasons. So after a season, uh, the people in the top division will have playoffs for the cash pool while there are multiple divisions and there's promotions and relegations, um, after each season. So you can start in division three and work your way up eventually to division one. There's been a lot of signups recently. I know, Big names. You got Beastie and Marine Lord on a team that oh, really? they've already signed up. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you've got uh, you've got the 3D clan making an appearance. You got Anatand and B and Cat. All those people from 3D. Uh, other big names. Do I? You've got a lot of people who aren't as well known in Age of Empires Four to a lot of people because they specifically only play in team formats. I know you got the Devils team, uh, which has Laughing Fox, Jigglypuff, Housed Horse. Um, not huge names to a lot of people in the AOE 4 scene, but if you are into team games, you definitely know who those guys are. Uh, yeah. So there's going to be multiple divisions, uh, like with Loilo Legends, with Rising Empires. You're going to have a division for you. Um, I've signed up. I'm a. I'm a mid-plat 1v1 player, and I really haven't played enough team games to, to get a good sense of where I'm at there. But uh, I've put together a team with a couple of my friends from a few discords, a couple of guys who are regulars in tournaments. 
And honestly, if you're looking to compete in a 2v2 setting, that's different than taking your chance on ranked ladder. I highly recommend checking out the Rising Empire League, which starts on April 1st is the qualifiers. Season one starts with those qualifiers and then will run two months. So if you want to get in, by the time you're listening to this, uh, you better get some people together and get in ASAP. Yeah, well, this will be posted. Probably we'll probably have this episode either up on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, yeah, that's I didn't realize that it attracted such so many big names that that's news to me. I, I knew there was a lot of hype about it, but wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, uh, a lot of big names. Um, yeah, of course, Beastie and Marine Lord being I mean, like the biggest players, name. Yeah. But there are quite a lot of, of other like you got Wham in there. You got Puppy Paw as mm-hmm. well um, on a team here. And then a lot of a lot of classic like team players who strictly play team games. Yeah, that's um, I, I've been getting more involved with uh, Sir Neville's might have been noticing this, too. I've, I've been getting more involved with the Gree at Barra lately and playing more team games the last couple of weeks in particular. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize a lot of these guys, I didn't realize there's such a large segment of people who play AOE that only do team games. I mean, I, I think it was so much of it was a 1v1 game. But the nice thing about this game is that there's that multiplayer team aspect that I just I hadn't touched too much. I'd done a little bit like I've dabbled in it, but to actually start playing, I ended up being like I'm for instance, I'm currently still I'm playing so many team games. I'm still gold two in this season and I'm climbing. I'm climbing. I'm getting matched up with plat two and plat one guys all the time. So when I'm winning, I'm getting like 30 plus points. I'm, I'm climbing the ladder, but I've been playing so many more team games. I'm actually plat two in team games and only gold two in one V ones because I just haven't been playing one V ones lately. I don't know, man. I'm kind of thinking that uh, team games. I don't want to. I mean, I said I'm, I'm more a fan of one v one, but man, team games are really. I think ever since uh, the start of coming implemented in big tournaments, they might be honestly trumping one v one soon enough. Eventually, like I see a lot more people, like uh, as far as like the people I've been playing with, as far as the Great Bar Discord team, the team game lobbies are all you know they're always filled up, and man, multiple guys running team games where like. 1v1 still, you know, still relevant, but I kind of think just a team aspect and different strategies you can actually come up with with a partner might be it might be taking over a little bit. Yeah, I think if you're going to go randoms, I, I think the consensus that I kind of have gleaned is that if you're going to go for a random match. Uh, you're better off doing a 1v1. If you want to play team games, usually you'll end up actually finding a group and playing and hopping in a discord with them as opposed to just trying to. I mean, random teams just always felt kind of rough in this game. But I think the growing communities from like the Griabara to the Rising Empires, I think there's been a lot of uh, a surge almost in team games lately that I've noticed, at least. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I think this league is um, going to take the place of something that was needed. I, I think there hasn't been a lot of consistent, um, competitive organized uh team games um even if you go rank teams on the ladder i know a lot of people complain that the matchmaking is so wonky with that uh you could be i mean i i queued up uh two days ago uh i'm not a very highly ranked team player but me and my buddy got thrown into a game against two people in the top 100 team ranked oh and it was it was a learning experience uh we did a little better than we thought we'd do, but we <laughs> eventually lost that one. That's a tricky thing with team games, I think, too, because you can have like a bunch of silver players and one conquer player on a team like that, that can happen. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have just whether that they just team up on their own or on a discord call or I mean, sometimes it can be really random. You never know what you're going to get. And I think that's kind of the difficulty with matchmaking. It's a bit, a bit wonky there, but I think with these competitive play, I think it's definitely going to help give people an avenue to have kind of easily paired teams. I know there's been a lot of work behind the scenes from Rising Empires to get the teams equal. There have been a lot, a lot of ways of how do you balance teams. Uh, I, I've, I'm part of the staff for Rising Empires as well, so I, I get to kind of see the, what the admins are chatting about. And boy, it's it's a lot of work to get this up and going. They've been thinking and planning it for a while. Yeah, and I think that um, it's so hard to f- like figure out where a team ELO should be. Like, it's easy with one v ones to split up three brackets because you just look at the number and you group, you make three groupings. Uh, but when you've got teams with like a very strong player and a weaker player, um, I think breaking it out in divisions and having promotions and relegations after initial play in tournament is, uh, is the way to go and keep things pretty balanced. That's sweet. Uh, Beal, can you maybe dive a little bit more into what kind of the commitment is for this? I mean, if anyone's listening and really wants to hop in still soon, how many games are we talking during the season and how much do you have to time to set aside for the week? Cause I know for like low ELO legends, it's you're giving up most of your Saturday. If you live in the U S on the West coast, it's you roll out of bed at like 10 o'clock. You're playing until five. If you, especially if you go into the finals and semifinals, uh, how yeah. much time of a commitment is this to join the league? So, uh, with the league, uh, you get your matchup every week. So you and the other team will schedule out, uh, when you actually want to play your matches during the week. So it's not, <laughs> you don't have to dedicate your Saturdays. Like if you're playing well tournaments, um, and I believe it is, uh, I think you play the first month, you play four matches, uh, and each match is not a best of three. It is play all three. Um, because for, if you're in division one, every single map that you win, you earn money based on donations. And I think for the inaugural season, we've had, we've had, uh, an insane donation from one player. I got to find his name right now and shout him out. It was a big donation too. It was like, not, not, we're not talking like small chump change. It was like, Oh my gosh, how does he have the ability to do this? Uh, yeah. B Dodd donated a few thousand to the inaugural Mm. season. So that means I think we're looking at right around two to three bucks for each map one in division one, not including uh, what's going into the prize pool to be paid out at the end of the playoffs at the end of the season. So with three, you play three maps a week. And if you're in division one, yeah, play three maps a week. And I believe there are seven weeks before the playoffs of regular season play. Hey, Sockerton here again. I uh, just wanted to add a quick little addendum to this. Beal wanted me to note that in Division 1 teams, we'll have to play two series each week, and the other divisions will be playing one each week. So just wanted to make sure we got that right. Back to the show. And go from there. So time commitment. Honestly, you sign up. You do need to commit your first weekend to the qualifiers. That is going to be a bunch of games all in one day. But after that, 
after the qualifiers, um, you come in, you coordinate with the other team, you decide when you want to play those three matches, and that's it. It's just three games over the course of a week. It is not too intensive. Um, also, every team has to have at least three players. You need at least one alternate, just in case you know you someone can't make it during a certain week. Do you need to have someone as a backup? You can have up to three alternates on your team. This is legit, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we got some big names, and there's still room in the lower divisions to come in, start playing, get used to the competitive teams format, and earn those promotions uh, and dodge relegations uh, after <laughs> each season. Wow, and this is all wow. on top of what Rising Empires is doing with the Low Yellow Legends and the War Chief Club each Saturday, too, or each weekend. Yeah, the 1v1 tournaments, the weekly series, uh, Lel and Warchief Club will continue alongside with this. Wow. You guys are busy, man. I can imagine. No, man, that sounds like a headache just listening to it. Oh, my goodness. I admire them. Yeah, yeah the shout-out to threads. all the tournament organizers. They've had... I, I, I like... I go on to the rising empires every now and then I, I casted this yesterday and uh, just going through some of the conversations. I don't know how these guys, it's like a full-time job, how much they're like all the different threads they're on, all the different things that they're planning. They work hard. They work really hard and they all do mm-hmm. it basically for free. It's all just the money's kind of just circling right back. To for the free. Yeah. They don't get, no one gets paid from rising. It's 100% volunteer. Yeah. Man, it's insane. That is insane. Other news I have, uh, this isn't really uh, news for AOE, but it's it's topical, I suppose. Um, I came across an article, an interesting article. Obviously, many of us are aware of the uh, current uh, war that's happening between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, I saw an interesting thing that was talking about that Ukraine or there was a kind of a rising call in Ukraine to change the name of Russia to Muscovy. Which I mean, it, it, there's a lot of history behind this. And I was like, what the heck? I didn't I don't know much as an American. I don't know a lot about the history of Russia and uh, Ukraine or like Belarus, all those Rus uh, countries. So I did some history and did some diving in it. Actually, 104 Tim actually gave us a little bit of a, a history write up here in our timeline. Uh, he can't be here with us, but I'm going to use his write up regardless. Uh, he mentions that uh, the Kievan Rus, uh, Kievan Kiev being for Kiev, you know, the city and the capital of Ukraine. Uh, in the late ninth, they were. It happened. The Kievan Rus was from the ninth to the early fifteenth century. Uh, most of the land expansion was from the White Sea, just east of like the Scandinavian Peninsula, to the Black Sea, and then the northern body of water that's uh, modern day Turkey. So, uh, during the mid tenth century, land passed through the three major modern day countries of Belarus, Russia, and Ukraine, with the former two driving their name, of course, from the medieval empire. Uh, the name Rus is derived from an old Norse term meaning one who rows, as in rowing through Eastern European rivers, which are, you know, just all across there. I think of the Dnieper River, the big one that goes through Ukraine. Uh, the term Kievan Rus has been used to nominally distinguish the empire that was found in both Russia and Ukrainian textbooks dating back to the 19th century. So there's a lot, there's a lot of history behind this. Um, there's a lot of today right in the news, if you look it up, uh, there's a lot of a lot of this war that's happening is basically because Putin and Russia, you know, claim Ukraine as their historical land, as the Slavic Rus people. And that's kind of where some of this weirdness is kind of coming from. But I think it's this kind of applies to AOE4 in that I think it's interesting that Rus isn't just short for Russia. It's it's more of it's it's different. The Rus is not quite the same as Ukraine or Russia today. 
it's kind of the heritage mm-hmm. of both. And the AOE kind of does this where they they take the old civs and it sometimes they're amalgamation of new civs. I think of like the Malians are kind of the Malian civ isn't really a civ that's here today. It's kind of an amalgamation of a couple of African countries, uh, but it's being used and it's trying to be rep- it's trying to represent them still in the game. So kind of an interesting tidbit that I just came across that I thought was interesting and reminded me of, you know, AOE4 because yeah, Bruce. Yeah, but- I believe that uh, AOE 4 does have a couple uh, civilizations game, like as far as like uh, the HRE. Yeah. The HRE is like, uh, that's a breakdown of a multitude of countries and, uh, you know, domains and all that good stuff. So like the roots, you know, when I first meet, when I first started playing AOE, uh, Age of Empires 4, I was not a history buff at all. I didn't really know much at all. So when I thought Rus, I just thought, oh, Rus, short for Russia. Boom, makes sense. And like, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's a lot more complicated than that. A lot more, you know, and uh, I remember and I did and I did also did. Uh, I'm happy you mentioned the fact that when it comes down to roost, you know, it's actually a Norse term for uh, like men who row, you know, and uh, and like I learned that actually from a, a Northman, a movie, you know, just like in this medieval history in the Middle Ages, you know, it's actually kind of like uh, up in the air if it actually even existed. Like it's so it is so in like in depth and it's so hard to break it down into just like one you know nationality or one just civilization as a whole so i think they did a pretty good job on like you know dividing it up as best they could to make it as simple as possible yeah and a lot of what we look at is kind of from our lenses today i mean i look at like for instance french and english uh if you play through the campaign on aoe4 you'll see that a lot of northern france was owned by england and then france later invades England, and that's where you get the Norman conquests. So, I mean, and even then, if you look at English, the language we speak as English today wouldn't be really, it'd be really, really, really hard for us to recognize anything that's considered Old English, which is around the time period of 10, 1000 AD. We, we wouldn't be able to, it's a different language at this point, because uh, our language yeah. today is, you know, we have there's Old English and there's Middle English, which we, we would probably recognize bits and pieces of Old English. And after about the 1500s, we would, we would be able to understand, it'd be hard, but we'd understand English as it was spoken in England then, but it's, it's evolved. It's different. You know, I hear a fun fact about the game that I didn't even know until I just recently, you know, um, so with every civilization in the game, like for example, English, uh, like in age one, it's like really, really like Anglo-Saxon, really old, like non-recognizable English. Miles, not even, we, anybody, any normal English speakers is not even a language does, but every time you age up the language evolves. Yeah, by the time you get to age four, it's basically it's it's almost Middle English, and you almost can can start picking out the words. You can hear some things you're saying, like you're like, like, "I'm I'm your worker, I'm your worker, I'm your worker." Now I do like those say trebuchet on the ready, like like you hear like you're like, "Oh, that's I know what that means." Yeah, it's really fun (laughs) too because there are English. uh, There is like I mentioned, like we would we could probably if we were all placed in Old England, we would probably because we already speak modern English, we could probably learn. Old English fairly easily, especially if you were because there's a huge I'm a bit of a linguist at heart. So I I was going to go into linguistics. So I have a bit of a background in this and I've studied some of this up. It's kind of interesting. There was a huge vowel shift in how we pronounce our vowels around 1600, like 15 to 1600 was a huge vowel shift. So a lot of like like region de out out they say out instead of out and it's like there's certain things like that are just slightly different and the vowels are just shifted a little bit but if you can kind of hear it you'll see yeah a lot of those words and as they progress through the ages it gets really close especially in age four for english 
those words get really close to being recognizable. Like even for uh, the French, if, you, if anyone speaks like Spanish or Latin languages or even French itself, uh, like equites, equestrian, meaning horse, the knights will say that all the time. Or caballo, which mm. is, sounds very similar to like, uh, like oh, what's the word for cowboy in Spanish or like in Latin? It's very similar uh, words. So I, I wow. love the audio design in this game. Like so oh, well done. Important. Well, I learned a lot hearing you speak right there. That was pretty good. Yeah, and I'm not even an expert. Uh, it's I, I probably the best part of this. I think I was I heard someone mention this. Uh, actually, might have been the voiceless one yesterday when I was casting. He mentioned that like this game just has so much detail in those little things that we often are so zoomed out. We're like not even wor- we're worried about our production and our tech upgrades and our resource counts. We barely even get to appreciate. You don't get to stop and smell the roses of Age of Empires mm-hmm. Four when you're in the heat of battle. You know. Yeah, it's crazy though. I love it. Well, I have done a lot of talking. Sir Neville's good, sir. You've been waiting very patiently to give us our Golden League recap. Uh, it just wrapped up quite the, uh, I won't say a scandal, but quite the interesting thing, <laughs> right? Go ahead and tell us what happened. Okay. Uh, you know, just far as anybody who's not uh, too familiar, uh, Golden League, it's basically like the the single uh, S-tier event in Agent Parts 4 right now, led by uh, the tournament host or the one that funded everything, uh, Pesty. He uh, pretty much is, uh, he is like a, he kind of runs like, I'll, I'll probably say now, if he continues with an annual tournament. Uh, he had one last year, Golden League, and I was a sequel to it. And it basically just like, uh, it's about three rounds, and they all kind of have different tropes to each round. And now we are, we actually just wrapped up the pretty much placement rounds to get into the playoffs. And uh, it's a $70,000 um, cash prize. I'm well, I guess I say you actually dividend between all the players, but there's a prize pool at the end, and now we're now officially got, got the official seedings for the playoffs, and the very last round is wrapped up. The last round, the uh, main little theme around it was called Off Meta Combat. Really quick with that, um, basically just the four most popular civs on each map are banned. So you know, usually you know guys when they play in a tournament, they want to win, so they use the most viable civilization on that map well not an option this one this round because those civilizations are banned now getting into round three uh you know what i mean the round this was uh off meta combat so it was uh it was different i mean i may probably say up in the air if it was the most entertaining of all of the rounds but uh just quick little spoiler alert uh it literally just wrapped up right before we started the show. And the winner of this third round was a very famous uh, name in the AOE4 community, uh, Beastie Cutie. He went up against the winner of last round, Marine Lord. And it went uh, it went all seven games. I mean, all seven games. Yeah, the, the very last game of each round is seven games. And they played, they played it all out in the end. But a little bit of... I don't know what you, I don't know if you call it a controversy, but maybe something that wasn't the most entertaining of fans. One of the caveats, one of the things about this round is that there is no, um, the, the four civilizations are banned, but you can pick, you can, there is no mount, there's like no draft system. So you can pick any Civ that's not banned as much as you want, back to back, whatever. There is no stipulation on that. And I was watching earlier uh, before I got on the show, and the very last uh, you know matchup between BC Marine Lord, BC Cutie, uh, he decided to before actually they even started playing. There's a lot of Malian mirrors, a lot of players picking Malians. Uh, 
I guess mine, mine is they have a they have a strategy that's kind of being like opened up and explored throughout this tournament. So a lot of people are picking Malians, and it was kind of already like kind of a joke. It's like leading up to the last game about like how's a lot of uh, Molly and mirrors. But uh, so the very last uh, match between Marine Lord and Beastie, Beastie pretty much said, hey, no, don't be surprised. You're going to be seeing Molly. And he's using the chat saying that you're going to be seeing Mollyans all game. And uh, yeah, he picked Mollyans for us for a best of seven that went all seven games. He chose Mollyans all Seven games, and for a moment there, Marine Lord also chose the Mollies. So we had like two. We had two mirror matches in a in a set that one player picked Mollies the whole game. So it was not a very versatile round because if you look, even look at the brackets, a lot of players picked kind of the same sieves. It was a very uh, heavy on Roost. There's a lot of Roost for the most part. It was a lot. It was a lot of Mollies. Uh, once again, French got French were the one civilization that was banned on zero maps and got no play. I don't know what's going on with the French. I'm, it's kind of they're in such I a bad love spot the right now. They're, they're in such a bad going spot. On, man, I'm getting really nervous, man. Nobody picked. I thought the French would be a lot more uh, viable in this one. I had one game. I was, I almost made this my extra sheet. But it's not. I will go ahead and just say this real quick. I had one game yeah. on Prairie. I, th- I might actually make Beal uh, when next time he's streaming. I might make him actually give me his analysis and cast on this because it was the weirdest game I've ever had on Prairie. I was French on Prairie going two scout opening into Ottomans and the game was just an absolute mess. Uh, eventually I did win, but it was, it was just ridiculous. I eventually like just had killed so many villagers that Ottomans just was just producing out of their military schools. And that was it. Uh, but yeah, that, I, it was a struggle. It was such a struggle. I was playing French as well as I could and hmm. it, it, French are just not good right now, are they? I just, yeah. I don't know. They might need, I, I don't know exactly, like, because I, like, think about that. Like, you know, that's why you kind of got, like, I don't give the developers, like, such a hard time because balancing games like this is extremely difficult because mm-hmm. you want to get, you want to, you know, put enough to make them viable where they're an option to play, especially, like, you know, because we all kind of look, you know, if you look at the, you know, gold, Adam level French still get some love and like, you know, they don't have like a, a really bad losing record. They're still middle tier. But if you look at the pro scene, you know, you t- we're talking like conquer and above conquer one, two and three. The French are like really like dead in the water. A lot of people predicted with the um, French guy with the last patch, they got to upgrade to their chamber of commerce where when they research tech that they get free traders. Never thought a chamber of commerce would be like, OK, the new meta we're kind of like, you know, something else controversial right now. We're kind of like in a big time trade meta where trade is really starting to fly off the rails a little bit. So everyone thought French were about to make a little resurgence with their Chamber of Commerce update. And it's just not. Nah, it just really has not. Expect, maybe like in a, you see, a, you know, Conquer 3 playing a regular, you know, ranked ladder game. They might try it out. But as far as like when the, when the you know, when the real meat and potatoes of the whole thing, like, you know, big tournaments, no one's using French. I mean, no, no, any player like, uh, you know, Marine Lord was, a, you know, very much considered by a lot of people the best player in Age of Empire. If not him, Beast of Cutie, but he's probably top three, if most definitely. And he was known for his French play. He was known for being very, very, just very efficient with the French. He has not touched that civilization the entire tournament. Like, I've got a, it's I've got a like, stat for you here. Uh, 
we've yes, been talking sir. about Malians and the French on this. I just looked it up. Uh, now take this with a grain of salt. There's only been 131 games of this matchup. Uh, but so, and it says, dude, you know, don't post this on Reddit. It wouldn't be wise. This is coming from AOE4 World for Conquer and Up. From the latest inf information I can get on AOE4 World, says that uh, French going into against Malians out of 131 games, French have only won 35% of those games oh into Malians. Malians actually, another fun fact, we'll talk about this later too. Uh, Malians across the board are actually the worst. If you take uh, from, I think, gold on up, uh, Malians are the worst Civ to pick, have the lowest win rating. But if you go conquer on up, they're the top three in the top three. So interesting yeah, that man. they've Pro been figured players. out by pros, but they're not being used by lower level players or even mid. I mean, really gold and up is mid-level play. I mean, that's people who yeah. actually learn the game. So interesting stuff for you. But yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, pro the pro players really, they really get it. Like, you know, because they have like Malians, I feel like, you know, they have like they have the micro to really like utilize so many strategies, like how they do crazy like warrior scout mass and they just know how to play very well and they still they got the grand theft venison they know what they're doing so but like yeah as far as the casual player i think once that friend garrison build kind of died out with this new patch molly's kind of sunk because they were like if not i believe like one or two last yeah season. they were they were definitely up there uh when the friend garrison was as strong as it was, that was the worst. bane of that my existence <laughs> it was such a clean gold order to get that, and you're in such an advantageous position oh, uh, when you've got the Perimba. It seems the previous to me. Season. It seems to me that there is another viable build order with the uh, the alternate build order from that, basically going for the exact opposite landmarks in feudal and castle, uh, going mm -hmm. that that warrior scouts that. They are a top three Civ in Conqueror. So I think that's, a, I wonder if that's just a matter of it. The meta hasn't trickled down to us plebs in platinum and gold yet. Uh, <laughs> but that's yeah, potentially, but it also makes sense. Uh, if they're top three in Conk, that's why they were picked so much in Golden League, because mm -hmm. the top players know how to play them. Most definitely. I'm getting really sad that no one's using the Gria Barra. No one, is using that. <laughs> no one's using that landmark. I'm like, yo, come on, you got it. Yeah, just click it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, uh, but yeah, just to wrap up, Golden League. Uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty much the the. Uh, if I look at the standings here of every player, how the so the uh, the top ten players that placed in Golden League. Uh, I know anybody recognize his name. Number one player with 220 points, Lucifron. He uh, he's the one that came out the most uh, victorious. Then I believe, uh, yeah, then Marine Lore was second, then Beastie Cutie third, then Vortex is um, fourth. Uh, those are the top four players going to the playoffs. Fun fact, Lucifron, the very top player, and Vortex, the fourth player, they are brothers. That's pretty dope. So they, I, think, I think they're, based on seeding, I think they're going to be the first game uh, next weekend when the playoffs start. And just to round it off real quick for the uh, next five players, uh, 3DB, he came in fifth, Whammo one, and Puppy Paws six and seven, who are also brothers, not just brothers, but twins. Pretty crazy. And then uh, in uh, eighth place goes to Lenoc, ninth goes to the Muslim, and tenth to round it off is Recon. And uh, yeah, so it's going, it was pretty. It was a pretty nice tournament. It was pretty good. And uh, so now next week is just uh, it's only on. I think it only takes place. I think I don't know if it's only one day. I think I'll check that. But I think just maybe the whole weekend. They just won last weekend. Um, yep, so the uh, final four players are Lucifron, Marine Lord, Beastie, and Vortex. So that should be fun to watch in the upcoming weekend. See how that's going to be. I tune in live, you know, like it's March Madness. 
<laughs> weird, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It's a good watch. It's a good watch. These guys are really. You watch these games, man, and it's, it's something that interests you about it, man. These dudes, the way they play, like it's like a whole another, like another species. Like how, like you know, just how evened up they are. The games, just the slightest mistake will end the entire game. It's insane. But yeah, that's goalie for you. Nice. Too. Thank you, Sir Nevels. Uh, With that, I have another game for us today. Uh, This one's going to be, I think, a little bit shorter. Our last game was really long, but there's a lot of discussion in between. Mm -hmm. This one should be a little bit faster and maybe a little more fun for the listeners, especially to to hear. You guys at home can play along if you want as well. Uh, We'll see how you guys do. I have Beal and Sir Neville's. I have you guys have the buzzer open still, right? Yeah, I believe I'm good. All right. So here's how the game's going to work. I have a... I have the music for Age Empires 4 ready to go. I am going to at random play a I've got my list of how I've already randomized it, but I've got my list of songs for each the theme song for each civilization and how it's going to work is I'm going to play it and then the first one to buzz in will make me stop the music and you're going to buzz in and then tell me uh, what you think it is. And we're going to go that way. If you get it right, you get a sheep, you get the ding ding. I think my ding ding is uh, I think I've got that ready still, too. <laughs> Which one's my game? Right wait, oh, my fault. I'm sorry. Wait, so you know, play the music. I'm sorry, I was getting. Yeah, when I, I the first, when the moment I hear a buzz, the moment I hear the buzz, I will try and pause the music, or okay. I'll stop the music, and then it'll either guess it right or guess it wrong, and then okay. I'll either resume the music or it might start over again. We'll see. No multiple choice. You're not hooking us up multiple choice. Nope. This time. You just got to guess it, and yeah. this will get easier Beautiful. as we go because mm-hmm. obviously there'll be less to pick from as we move forward. But okay. I mean, it'll be, I do have a tiebreaker in the end. There's 10, wait, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, oh, there isn't. How many sieves are there? There are nine sieves? There's 10. Yeah. Which one am I missing? I'm missing one. Let me double check real quick. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see. That's beautiful. Can't wait for more. I'm so excited. I've got French, I've got Mongols, I've got English, I've got Rus, Auto, HRE, China, Abbasid, Delhi. I don't have Malians yet. Where are the Malians at? Let me add them in the list here. Are you reading those off in order? Nope, I was not. I was bouncing around. (laughs) (laughs) Taking notes over here. Yeah, man. You got a notepad opened up. I deliberately jumped around. I made it really hard for me to think about it. It made me really hard to think because I had to jump around in order to keep it mixed up. All right. So with that, let me get ready for our, let me clear the buzzers. Oh, I have Sir Neville's. I have you disconnected, my friend. Oh no! Let me make sure you're in here. Doesn't mean all that. I think. Oh, let me try to refresh. Okay, I get the new game. Get the game code. Boom. Go ahead and try a buzz for me, real quick, Snivels. Yeah, I got you. One second, I refreshed it. Here we are. Okay. Oh, now you're in. All right, there we go. Hopefully, everyone heard that. <laughs> all right, that's the buzzer. We are going to start with our first one. Everyone's in. Here is your first song. Uh, I got Beal. Is that Mongols? No. Wait, do I do I, do I still buzz or wait? Can I steal? Uh, you can steal. Yes, Sir Nevels. I think is that HRE. That is HRE. Yes, indeed. <laughs> nice I was one. waiting nice for the one. chance. Although I guess I buzzed in a little too soon. Yeah, yeah, no, you're yeah. ready. You're, I, I like that. You're ready. Yeah, you, already, you already buzzed it. You already buzzed it. Very good. All right. HRE. Get this in three notes. 
Yeah, I, I, <laughs> All right, here comes our next one. Here comes our next one. Uh, Beal, you got in first. That's got to be English. Uh, no. Yeah. Not English. Uh, oh, Sir Nevels, no. you were the next one to buzz in. French. <laughs> that's how yeah, yeah. Yep, it is French. It is French. <laughs> Yo, Bill, you saved me because I'm about to say English first. <laughs> it was sure. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> say English first, sure. All right. I think that's uh, Sir Nevels. I think you're up to two sheep today. Oh, you know, it's just Nevels got two. Beal has a goose egg right now and no sheep yet. All right. Let's go on to number three. This is going to be harder than that. This is probably harder than I think. This is fun. Oh. All right, Sir Nevels? Gabby Mongols. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Beal? You haven't buzzed in yet, so you can... Uh, yeah, can I just write out the rest of this? <laughs> <laughs> if you think it'll help. If you think it'll help. Uh, I'm going to clear the buzzers. You guys can keep going. Feel free to buzz Wait, back I in. Buzz. I, can, I can buzz you in again. You can buzz in again. You can buzz in again. Well, then I got to buzz All in. All right, Beal's got it. it. What do you uh, think, Beal? Shoot, is that uh, Abbasid? Uh, no, not Abbasid. We got to play this again. Yep, okay. Are we going back and forth? Okay. Sir Nevels? Man, I want to... <laughs> that deli? Nope. Oh, let me skip a little head further in here. Okay, I got it. What is it? Okay, that's that. That's not Roose, is it? Nope. Wow. Oh my God. This is not going through all these. Going through all of them. I'm not not, not trying to feel that. I'm like, I'm like, oh man. Uh, what's even left? Uh, a lot of sibs, actually. <laughs> what do you got for me, uh, Sir Neville's? Or is that? I don't know if I clear no, it or deal, not. No, that's that's deal. Deal? Okay, that's it's Beal. Yeah. Uh, is that China? No. Really? Okay, Man, I know. Are, okay, I got these it. These are really bad. What, what is it, Sir Neville's? <laughs> it's got to be Ottoman. No. What? Wait, <laughs> who's left? Molly? Mollians. It is Mollians. I'm going to award you guys what? zero points for this. No that one gets a point. Don't give, me, don't give me any points. Yeah, no that. points will be awarded for this. This is the Mollians song. Going down the list. Uh, well, I've played Mollians once. <laughs> yeah, I don't play Mollians at all. Yeah, like, that I've one's a tough one. That one was wow, a tough I one. I struggled with that one. I played Mollians. It's hard with the intro. Uh -huh. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I would have got it if it was like mid song. Maybe. Maybe. That deep, like, throat singing, I thought it was the Mongols. I was like, oh, yeah. Mongols for sure. That was going to be my guess. Yeah, you beat me to the buzzer. <laughs> All right, clearing the buzzers. Here's our next one. You, right now, it is two sheep for Neville's, zero sheep for Beal. Here's our next song. Uh, Beal, you got in. That's got to be the Mongols. That is the Mongols. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Oh, you got it for me. I heard some that. That was the throat singing. That one's iconic, that I think. That one, yeah, I knew that one for sure. Dang. Right, Beal is on the board now. It is two to one still. And Nevels, you still have the lead. Let me clear our buzzers again and let's find our next right. song here. Uh, where's it's hiding? There it is. I got my head over on the space bar, though. 
Yeah. Beal, you beat Neville's. What do you got? Is that English? That is English. Well done. Oh. Dude, English has a beautiful theme song. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. I, I actually, for all the hate we were going to give China this episode originally, I do love, and my wife has said this too, she loves uh, the Chinese uh, music. It is so nice. We'll get to that one later, though. But yeah, that was English. Good job, Beal. Uh, next yeah, song coming up here. All right, let me clear my buzzers. And here it is. Sir Neville's. That's gotta be China. No. Uh, what have Beal? I done? Abbasid? No. Here it is again. I'm going for Abbasid too, Bill. Don't worry, it's not you. <laughs> Sir Neville's. Roos. No, not the Roos. Now, I will say the cool thing about these musics is that they're all actually they all play the same song. Essentially, I've listened to a lot of these. They yeah. all play the same themes, the same motifs. Uh, it's the different huh. instrumentations that really make this different for the most part. Uh, Beal, you yeah, also right, had a buzz in. Did you want to guess? It's Ottoman. It is Ottomans. Yes. Oh, I really so thought you'd cool. catch that one sooner, Beal. That's a yeah. three sheet no, for you I now. Think a lot, but. About to get the reverse sweep. Oh no! <laughs> all right, there's still some, there's still some game to be had. Though. We're only, we're not even quite halfway right. through now. So, all right, all right, all right. Let me find our next one here. Here's our next song. I can feel you guys thinking on this one. Fuck! I heard this one. Oh. thinking and you're you're right the opening you sound dude this sounds so similar this one already this looks like i thought you heard yeah. this one. Oh no uh, beal what do you have abbasted no sir neville's that's not the english okay uh china nope i'm gonna let it keep playing here you guys are just gonna keep hearing it maybe it'll get to the next age and it'll be easier these are all it starts in the dark age for each of these that's why it's so hard i think Beal. Roos. It is Roos. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dude, I really thought I had this to start. This is actually really hard. Yeah, there's not, so many not easy. Details. Like you mentioned, man, there's so many key details I do not pay attention to when I play. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. All right, we're getting right through these. Now it's time for the next one. All right, I gotta do it. Sir Neville's. Oh. That's China for that sure. That is China, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. That was that was real easy. See, once you, some of them are so much easier to pick out. See, for me, HRE, I like immediately recognize it. I, I that one. I don't know why, dude. Yeah, China's an easy one to catch. Uh, all right, we've well, got I think two left. So I hope you guys been keeping oh, okay. track of what's been done already. So I know you guys have shouted a lot of things. So maybe it's hard to keep track. Oh yeah, it actually really is. Sir Neville's, you had it. Abbasid. It is Abbasid. Good job. Oh, is it tiebreaker? Who's come now? Uh, I think we're down four and four. So I think this last one's going to decide it here. What's left? 
Well, I'm not going to tell you. I can't tell you. No, I'm saying, no, no, no. You're fair. I'm trying to think in my head. I'm thinking out loud. Beal's Wait, just so like spamming it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So are we doing... So there's two left. We're only doing nine saves. So there's two left still, right? Oh, there's two left? No, there's there's one left. There should be one left because I didn't there's award. There's a point I didn't award because you guys were... Off so are we... So not, okay, so, okay. There's four and four. Yeah, if, if, okay, I see what's done now. Okay. This is now our tiebreaker here. I had a tiebreaker just in case, uh, but this will be our tiebreaker now. Wait, Bill, you already, you already buzzed in, dude? Uh, he, it's not going to count. I'm going to clear it after it plays for just a quick second. <laughs> okay. oh. All right. Delhi uh, uh, is, is correct. Uh, it is correct. Dude, I think I, I, think I got bugged out of that one. <laughs> I think it, 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 it really did. Uh, boy, I, <laughs> no, I was so ready to say Delhi. I was so that good. You're gonna say Delhi. You're gonna say Delhi. Oh, that's only one that's left, right? Yeah, that was the only one that was left. Yeah, that was the last yeah, one. yeah, yeah. That's how we knew we. we uh, extra point, real quick. Uh, extra point. If you can, if oh, Neville's, if you can guess, uh, if you can guess pointer? what this one is, real quick, I'll give you an extra point. This is not the the main. What? It's not the main theme, no. It's like the menu music, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, right. it's called Dawn of Glory. Yeah. This is where you sit when you're just hanging out. Uh, the main oh, music. Oh, wow. The main music sounds like this. It starts off as you open. This is what it plays as you open up the game. This okay, is the iconic. So wait. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, That's a but they all play the same, like. They all play yeah. the same. Uh, uh, I think it goes from a first to a fifth note, uh, which I mean, there's a, a first and the fifth. There's there's some musical theory that goes into these, but yeah, that that was our game. Yeah. Pretty fun stuff. Yeah, I, I think nice. I think Beal snuck a win there. Yeah, that was good. That but was you good guys, stuff. I think it got easier as you guys went further along. Those first couple ones were were pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, let's say he's in process elimination. That's how yeah. I was. Yeah, I got, I got my list here. <laughs> yeah, your list. Bill's been writing it down. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh no, okay, that's going. Yeah, oh, that was crazy. <laughs> that telling, was crazy. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that auto took a little while for you guys to get right. Uh, yeah, I play them so much, yeah. but I guess uh, I do have the volume, the music volume turned down a bit. Mm. On yeah, me too. Like, I, I actually, I actually play with no music in game. Ah, uh, see, yeah, I, I like. I can't quite get myself to ever do that because it's just so nice. I love the music. Yeah, of this yeah. Game. it is really good. It's really good. I, I'm, I'm about to probably put it to like just really low in the background because, uh, yeah, the music in there. This this game's audio. This is where I think the game really, really succeeds. Is the audio in the game is excellent from everything. Yeah, I definitely oh, definitely man. agree. The Malians, we really struggled with the Malians. Wow. Dude, the Malians. I, and I, well, I was thinking about it too. I was like, would I recognize the Malians? I would probably guess Abbasid before I guess Malians. Uh, we we guess every yeah, that was like the last <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> we guessed every little thing in the game. Yeah, Malians won. It's, I think that as it goes hard. on, it definitely kind of, the drums kind of have that beat. Most uh, definitely. And the chanting, I think, would maybe give it away too. But. Dude, are you, can you imagine how cool a Polynesian civ would be? Mm, that just reminded me of like a chanting. It just reminded me kind of, of like the Polynesian. That'd be kind of a fun. Uh, they weren't really historically a major like power in the ancient mm-hmm. age, but man, that'd be kind of fun. Dude, uh, honestly, we probably have a whole episode about so many civilization ideas. It's oh, we'll have so to do that eventually. Idea. I saw yeah, one yeah, for dude, a really. So there was one I was looking at. It was a really, really good write-up on what a potential Viking-esque sh- civilization would be. Mm-hmm. Because Vikings, the problem is that the Battle of the Hastings, if you look at like the beginning of the campaign in this game, 
the very first English game is the Battle of Hastings at like 1066. I think I could be wrong on that date, but it's like 1000 AD, somewhere in that range. I think 1066 sounds right. And that basically marks the that, that battle, the Battle of Hastings, when the British or the, the French, the Normans kind of came in and invaded England. That kind of marks the end of the Viking period in England. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, yeah. For the most part, the Vikings were more prominent from like 700 to about the end of the Battle of Hastings. That's kind of where their main heyday was. And a lot of that's kind of before our the game kind of starts at like the turn of the millennium and moves on to about 1400 uh, right before the age of exploration. So Vikings kind of the, the civilization idea that this guy had come up with, I won't go too in depth with it, but basically mm-hmm. was kind of marking that as it kind of showed that they were a raiding civilization in the beginning. And then around age three and four, it changes to be more like the Dana Danes instead. And it changes to be more of a normal European Civ instead, which I thought was it was there was some cool stuff. He had some cool things ready for it. It was really cool. Uh, I wish I had I wish I remembered who the guy was and where it was. But it was one of those Reddit posts that you find. And he just did a really, really in-depth analysis and idea. And I thought I I really wanted to play it It, like matched my play style perfectly. So I really wanted it. But Um, there's a there's a lot of guys on uh, Reddit who do like 100 percent mock-ups. They do like mock-ups. Of, yeah. They do the art and everything. Uh, so, this like, is one they, of those guys who really like really found good. the landmarks, found what like just did oh, everything for good. it. it was really cool. Very good. I think like I have his name in the Discord, but like he's really good. Like uh, I anytime he posts something new, I'll post it in a little uh you know little sub channel. We should get channel. him on. We should get him on for when we talk about. Oh, man, we should to find, reach out. We'll find him. Yeah. If you're listening out there, if you know who you are. Send us a thing in our, our Discord. We will. We would love to chat. All right, guys. I think we'll take a quick break and then we'll get on to our main discussion of the day. All right. Sounds good. I'm gonna grab some more water. Most <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely. I need to find some water too. tired of your pansy army getting wiped off the map by some dorky guy with a bow and arrow? Are you tired of losing games because your opponent is cashing in too much dough? Are you tired of your mom breathing down your neck telling you that your life is going nowhere and that you're never going to be a pro gamer because you can't climb the stupid ranked ladder? Well, I'm Rex Equitex and I'm here to show you my three-step program through (laughs) www.morenights.com. I'm going to show you how to really pack a punch in just three simple steps. First, pick your stable. Then, you're going to spam that W key. Finally, you're going to get those knights. After that, it's simple. You just need to sweep the villagers, walk away. Sweep the villagers, then walk away. Here at Rex Equitex, we live by a couple of proven rules to keep your knights as efficient as can be. Rule number one, buddy system. No more knights flying solo. Your knights are better when they're with other knights. So make more knights. Rule number two, you gotta dress for success. You think some villager is gonna be scared from Peter Pan walking around with a pointy stick? Forget about it. That plume on your knight's helmet is a statement of superiority. So join my dojo and learn under the tutelage of me, Rex Equitex. Learn more at www.morenights.com www.morenights.com is not responsible for the mishandling of your knights in the event that you do not follow Rex Equitex's buddy rule. We are also not liable for running your knights into spearmen, archer pylons, pound center fire, boiling oil, or cannon emplacements. All knights should be treated with the respect that all dangerous killing machines deserve. Just continue using knights if you feel you are climbing ladder too fast, are pregnant, might become pregnant, or are against committing war crimes in Age of Empires 4. All knights should be handled with care. Learn more at www.morenights.com. I'm Rex Equitex, and I approve this message.
and we're back. Uh, we don't have as ton of, we don't have a whole another hour to go, but we have some time to keep chatting. Our main discussion today, uh, in lieu of talking about how to beat China, uh, we'll do that another time. We're going to be talking instead about what are the hardest matchups for each civilization, and this will be kind of an open discussion. In our outline, I've kind of listed what I think, according to AOE4 World, are some of the more difficult uh, matchups, and we'll kind of go through a lot of these actually. Uh, I was surprised right now, according to AOE4 World, looking at stats from uh, gold on up. So I've excluded silver and bronze from this to stop skewing our results. But from gold on up, Ottomans is the best civ by win rate with a 53.3% win rating. And Ottomans has some of the strongest matchups in the game. I think the only matchup that they have a negative... Uh, under 50% rating is actually into English. So that we'll start with there. Uh, English uh, Ottomans into English is a tough matchup. And Beal, you are our resident Ottomans expert. Uh, what makes it so hard, do you think? Yeah, uh, so playing against the English, um, just the fact that they can build their base so compactly to really, uh, really prevent any sort of early raids from having an effect uh, is is what I struggle with against going into the English. Plus the fact, uh, I mean, they're going to be throwing down a barracks anyway, so they're going to have spears for your Sapahi and longbows to take out the archers that you're going to make in feudal as, um, as the autos. But you, you do run into the, just a weird, it's a, it's tough. English is tough to raid. And when I play auto, I like to get uh, my advantage through feudal raids, so the Sapahi raids in the feudal age, uh, picking off villagers when I can transition into a, uh, into a better castle um, in an advantageous position. Mm. But um, like, as yeah, the English guy, English. as the English guy, uh, this is one of my favorite matchups because it is favorable to English. I've noticed that uh, you can just ram rush into Ottomans and that can be really effective. You can do a feudal all in because you're, you're, the spears aren't that come out in the dark age aren't going to do anything because all of your you've got a civil defense force with all those vills yeah. that have their short bows so that spears are not a problem that and the gatling gun of a tc uh, and then you, the raiding party you can make as i think my only thing i've noticed that does me ill is if i don't make enough spears to defend my archers from the sapahi but as long as i get some spears out there it, it's a composition that's just designed for english to thrive in and i think the english economy does better long run as well into ottomans because yeah ottomans can produce a lot of units but the moment english goes for maybe like let's say english goes for uh a one tc feudal push and then moves into castle age with the king's palace so then you've got two tcs ottomans have to either go two tcs themselves or they have to end off the feudal push it's i think it's a tough tough matchup for ottomans and i'm not sure what the solution is for them yeah, I mean, I've lost to a variety of English plays, like a feudal all-in. Um, if English are really gearing towards that, um, they can they can mass a little bit before, because as autos, you're going to start thinking about putting military schools down. I mean, you're not going to in the Dark Age against English, because you're not going to get anything out of that. So it you play with a different build order against English to try to get up to feudal as fast as you can. So that what you make out of your military schools are worthwhile. Um, but then English could just quick fast two TC or fast castle, and auto can't really do it anything against um, 
against castle age units if they're far behind like men at arms are a big problem for the ottomans mm. uh before they get to castle age i was gonna definitely shot at like just in general like against ottomans or i mean ottomans playing english or anything like dealing with early men at arms i feel like what against the english is a struggle in itself like i really like if you push me really heavy feudal age with men in arms and like bowman or something i struggle this like i think any size it struggles on how to kill those men in arms in feudal when you have really no direct counter i yeah, think the that English men at arms i mean looking at the sapahi which are basically horsemen but cooler uh i mean yeah, men at arms easily counter in a direct fight horsemen i mean they just counter yeah. easily I think only thing that can really kill the men at arms in feudal age that's not a crossbowman is uh, camel archers for the abbasid. They actually trade with the men at arms really well, and then they can also kite them because men at arms they are really good, but they are uh, they're slow. Yeah. So like that's like the best part about them. They don't do that much damage. To be honest, they just they're very tanky. They do not die. Yeah, you so, do like, not want to see a men at arms mass from English, it, yeah. it, it, especially in feudal age. And that's actually one of those well, things I like to do as an English player is the spears are great, but man, once you start trickling a couple of men at arms, doing that early transition sometimes over. them can really just catch your opponent off guard. And really I love over. that. Mm-hmm. And like, think about me, we're going back to the Ottomans. Me, the civilization I've been, which I might have to make a switch up. I might have to re- like, reevaluate my life here because I've been, I don't know if this civilization suits me more. I don't know. I might have to do a live dropping of a civilization, but I've been really trying to run Abbasid again this season, and I don't, maybe with the updates, I've been doing really poor. But, uh, so, Abbasid, I'm not Abbasid, excuse me, uh, Ottomans, I really struggle with against with the, um, with the Abbasid, because the Abbasid, you know, usually, you know, you want an eco-boom. You know, that's kind of like yeah. they're like bread and butter. You want an eco-boom, and especially if you get the, um, the way then the tech upgrades work now where your f- fresh food stuff comes from your TC and now it's kind of more fertile crescent. So the economic one, which is the reason why I love that. I love Abbasid, like not really as an aggressive sieve. I love it for their eco booms. And when you do want to get all the, your uh, economic upgrades, you kind of want to get for it to be like, kind of like pay itself back. You want to get at least three TCs at some point. And that takes time. And really, if you're trying to go for like a decent, efficient, efficiently timed third TC, you're not going to have much military in the field. And that right there is probably why they have, Abbasid has the second worst win rate against the Ottomans, right but right above the Malians. Because for some reason, like you just, by the time you get your economy online, the Ottomans just have just so much military in your head. They're got ran like, Anytime I play against the Ottomans as the Abbasid, like I just try to get like you almost have to like completely redo your entire build order. You have to they forces you to go to a more aggressive Abbasid, which they really get trash units, but not the way you want to play it. And it just I don't know. I'm struggling very much against the Ottomans. Yeah, the stats definitely back that up. Uh, The Abbasid in general are the second for again. This is for gold on up. So this isn't true of everything. We got to take these these with a bit of a grain of salt. It's a pretty large sample size, though. Out of uh, 36,000 games, uh, Abbasid have a 48.1 win percentage overall, which <laughs> on, on its face isn't horrible. That's 2% under 50, which would be like the perfect average. So this game's parity is pretty good. But going into Ottomans, they have a 41% win rating. Not great. 
Yeah, and as an Ottoman player, uh, if someone really wants, I mean, English can defend a little easier than any other Civ, but scouting out that your opponent's going to TC as soon as they hit feudal is like hitting the jackpot because <laughs> that second TC is going to take time to pay itself off, okay. and Ottomans can just pump those units and just overwhelm from the minute they hit feudal age. So the deal, deal. So the one looking at the stats, the one sieve that has a positive win rate against Ottomans is the English matchup, like we mentioned. And I think a lot of that kind of speaks to what you're mentioning. Going to town centers, English can do that, but I think my the most successful way to go is to play the feudal game uh and age up with the King's Palace. I think that's the way to go. Uh would you say that maybe that's what other civs should I know not every Civ can do this, but is that kind of is that the play just to play it in feudal, fight in feudal, and castle up instead? Yeah, I'd, I'd say trying to go two TCs against Ottomans um, immediately when you hit feudal without even establishing any sort of military is almost kind of suicide. Uh, yeah, because Ottomans will roll in with archers and sapahi and just start picking off villagers. And, you know, transition into rams and prevent any sort of military from you uh, actually gaining some sort of foothold. Mm. I'm uh, happy you mentioned that. Yeah, I think I had to 100 uh, uh, percent rethink my strategy as the Ottomans, because like you said, suicide, I have lived through it. You are <laughs> most definitely correct. It is. I, it's not worked for me. I think one time like I All had right. to like go once you see aggression pretty much every time. Uh, we don't have a ton of time, so I don't want to go in depth on the, of these other ones. But other civs that have again, there's there's looking across the board, other civs that have their worst matchup into Ottomans include the Malians, which across the board have a 37 percent win rating against Ottomans. Now, again, pro players, that might be a bit different, uh, but across from gold on up, 37 percent win for Malians into Ottomans. Delhi has a 42 percent win rating. So another really oh. low win rating into that. And then oh. I think those were the main ones. I think French does has a rough time against against it as well. French has a rough time against Ottomans, but French actually into Mongols is worse. So French into Ottomans is 42%. French, French into Mongols is only 40%. Uh, right. I think, I think we, the reason for that, just look, I don't think we need to talk very long about French either. I think they're in a rough spot this season, and I think it's because you cut off the gold, you neuter them. Yeah. And I think, that's, that gold, I think it's pretty much over. Yeah, I, I think French just need that gold vein the moment you pressure them. Uh, I, I think that it's a lot harder to raid with French than it used to be. There is only one. There is one that is actually the most the best matchup for French and the hardest matchup for HRE is actually French with 46 yep. percent and then Mongols being 47 percent for HRE. So if mm -hmm. French and HRE is like the one good one. And I think that kind of leads to that HRE wants to, of course, Fast Castle nine times out of ten. Uh, mm -hmm. And obviously go for the Regnets usually. Would you say for those kind of matchups when HRE is going against a hyper-aggressive opponent? I've noticed this as an English player. HRE is really good. HRE doesn't do the standard build like I wish they would. They have modified it. I hate it. Uh, I, I'm going to pick up HRE more and more because of this. Uh, the Burgrave, the mine work into Burgrave is the way to go against English as HRE. And I'm wondering if it's a similar situation with French and Mongols or what the play needs to be changed to make that a better matchup for HRE. Yeah. I don't know if uh Burgrave into, I mean, French, the Royal Knights uh, eat up the men at arms. That's true. That that's is, true. That's, that's why you'd go. I mean, 
Castle is HRE because you can get there faster and you can get your strong men at arms out. I mean, eventually they'll get the heavy maces and it'll be closer of a fight. But then French also have the uh, Arbalesters mm. uh, who come in and can also just wipe out men at arms. Um, also, the fact that French are going to take map control in feudal if you're HRE. Good luck getting your prelate to those relics. What yeah. About, oh, yeah. What if? What do we think about maybe like a barbican or not barbican? Sorry, a uh, bird grave, and then just pumping out spears, spears, and then maybe some land snakes. Would that be a better well, way to go? I, I don't know. I mean, the French are gonna, um, like, we'll always add in archers after the first couple of royal knights. It's like the, that's not the French though. The French like it's like okay. I don't know if there's any sports. You know, people who are a big fan of sports here, but. They're kind of like the um, big fan here. A big uh, team here is Golden State Warriors. They are a very, they're a team, uh, NBA team. They very, they were very good at shooting three pointers. And it's like they were, if they're online getting their threes, they're doing great. But they were, if they were failing at hitting their threes, they had a low percentage. They pretty much got, they just were a massive disadvantage. Mm. Kind of how I compare the French. Like the French, like they live by their nights and they die by their nights. And they pretty much live by the same strategy and die by the same strategy because they're going to pump out a lot of nights and they're going to, have them accompanied by archers pretty much every single game. You kind of know exactly what their military comp is going to be. So, like, I think pumping out spearmen in, like, in theory, it sounds like it would do, like, it would be, you know, perfect. Like, you know, you got spearmen, kind of the knights. But by the time you hit, like, especially they fight you in feudal, they're going to have a good amount. Anybody who's a competent French player is going to have a decent amount of archers, too. And those archers, like, you know, just uh, the knights are tanky, take a lot of damage, and those archers behind those knights are going to pick those spearmen off. And most likely, like, I think the reason why the French have a good win rate against HRE is because they just put out put a, a lot of feudal aggression where HRE are really not that prevalent. They're not, I mean, they with the mind rate upgrade, they can do a little bit more, but usually you go in, I can chapel. So, you know, that's what I, at least, I, I've been seeing a little bit more mind work, but I, I think we're just on a normal casual basis, you're going more I can chapel and, with that, you know, you're not going to have too much units in the feudal age, where that's where French have the advantage, most definitely. Mm. Uh, another one. Speaking of HRE, moving on, I'm kind of just going through all the each sieve has oh, yeah, a yeah, really yeah. bad matchup. Uh, HRE matches up really well. We were going to talk a lot about this, I think, but we'll save this maybe for next time or the time after. China's worst matchup by far is going into the HRE with only a 45.8% win rating. Uh, what do you think about that? What What is the reason why I've got a couple? My my main thought is that one for China going into HRE, the Juganu are basically worthless unless you get a million of them. Yeah. Uh, not easy going into Men at Arms who just take the paper cuts like nothing. Uh, that and I feel like China wants to boom, and mm-hmm. HRE what? doesn't mind booming either. I think if anyone can boom, I mean HRE's boom is different, but man, like yeah. they start pumping out, they get the the regnets up with an Aachen, and then they start pumping out the men-at-arms. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a dangerous combo. What does China need to do to overcome HRE? Yeah, it's, it's tricky because you think of China, you think of like the progression of their unique units and what you typically see in a China match, like opening with Zhugnus, um, followed up when they hit Castle with Nest of Bees and Palace Guards. And you think about what HRE has and it just beats all three of those. Like, even Nesta Bees don't do that much damage against uh, Men at Arms. And with the fact that like China's bases tend to be a little more compact, uh, they're not 
super looking for big map control at the beginning. Uh, it allows HRE to just scoop the relics up. Maybe that's the play that maybe that's the play that China needs to branch out and take map control instead. Maybe that's the way to go. Maybe maybe with a forward Barbican of sorts. Yes. I just think I think that HRE do uh I feel like they have a different type of like they're they both are kind of boomy sales, but they boom in different ways. Like where HRE are kind of like really HRE really come online when they go to Castle and they can get Castle. There is one of the fewer civilizations that get Castle faster than China. So like they can get castle really fast, and once HR is in castle, like usually China is kind of like just a lot of times they go to two TC song or they want to like kind of get their economy online as far as villager count. Where HRE they can kind of just they can go to they can hurry up and get regnants, and by the time they hit castle, they got all three of those relics. And now China is kind of at a disadvantage when it comes down to what their military can actually do against the men in arms. And you maybe you have so much gold, you can pump out so many premium units that really China can't keep up. Mm. So I think HRA just get online in a different way faster. Yeah. Um, sort of leaving HRE behind again. Uh, sorry, we're, we don't have a tons of tons of time, so I want to kind of get through a lot of these. Um, <laughs> back to, I'm going to just briefly touch on Ottomans again. Uh, I'm just looking through all the civs and the Mongols have a really rough uh, trade into Ottomans with 43%. Uh, Malians have a horrible percentage. Delhi also struggles with Ottomans. Abbasid struggles with Ottomans. The Rus also <laughs> struggle with Ottomans. And I think it's for similar reasons because the free spears come out. Uh, Rus wants to go maybe early nights. Ottomans can just take map control so easily. I, I think it denies a number of things. I wonder if the way to, for Rus to be Ottomans is to go with the Kremlin instead of uh, the Golden Gate. I've been seeing the Kremlin up a lot, a lot, a lot lately, and I'm wondering if that's the way to go. Yeah, honestly, I think that's that's a good call um, to have that extra defense at home and then to be able to build those militia and have additional defenses. Most definitely. Golden Gate's kind of dying, I think, maybe a little bit. Not dying, but like, I'm not seeing it. I think we said on like the last episode, I think we literally said this is the best landmark in the game. And now it's being usurped by a Kremlin. I'm completely yeah. bad. It's amazing. And it's like, well, if, if, if people are going for Kremlin over Golden Gate, does that mean the Kremlin is now the best landmark in the game? Or does that now go to the, the Aachen Chapel? I don't know. I don't know That's anymore. A hard call. That's a hard call. Because like, it's funny because the, the Kremlin was like a meme. People may thought it was a joke. Yeah, the changes now it really it has usurped the best landmark in the game. So I don't know. You that's a good question. Like, is it the best landmark in the I game? I bet if they reverted the if they ever I don't think they're ever gonna do this, but if they ever reverted the town center cost back to what it was before the change, I think then oh, Golden yeah. Gate would immediately go back to being what it was. Oh yeah, uh, most but definitely. yeah, Kremlin has taken over. It's good. It's good. And I think the way you uh implemented against the uh Ottomans is actually pretty good. It works. I feel like that'd be more at least it that's, could work uh, as far as their aggression. That's a matchup I'd like to see more of, I think. I think because right now it's 44%. Let me actually see what it is on pro. I'm curious. Looking at conquer on up, the pro scene says Rus actually has a 56% win rating against Ottomans. And I think it's because the Kremlin. Now, again, only 170 games wow. have been analyzed. So that's not a huge sample size, but that's a very different look. Rus are the second highest sieve right now uh, for conquerors. And I bet it's because they're using the Kremlin. Wow, it's a, it's like night and day results with people who are really good at the game. Yeah, well, it takes a while. It takes like a season for all these meta changes to kind of come down to us in the lowly yeah. areas of gold and platinum. You know, all right, there's one. Get. 
there's one last before we get to our extra sheep. There's one last matchup. I've been saving this one for last because the English main in me just loves this one. Uh, so technically, the hardest matchup from the stats that for English was French with 46%. I contest this. I think French yeah, are in a surprising. horrible spot. I think that's more of a holdover from lower players and from old stuff. I think it's a holdover and I think it's out of date because I, I, I would, uh, I would say that Delhi is, which is the second hardest, according to the stats, 46 for French, 47 for Delhi. I think Delhi's actually gotten better against English than it was. Yeah. Uh, feudal age Delhi, uh, Delhi comes online. Like their power spike is at the perfect time to just crush the English. Um, they've got additional production on horsemen to deal with um, the horseman archer combo uh, with uh, a couple scholars um, in those production buildings, just cranking out those units, uh, just crush what the English can put on the field at that point in feudal. Mm. What does English need to do to win? Do they just need a dark age rush? Start cranking out men at arms instead? Dark Age Rush is definitely a valid tactic against Delhi. Uh, delay that gold, make the early eco as difficult as possible for Delhi. Because looking That's at certainly, I think, I think looking at Delhi, like they're oh, if you look at like the power spikes overall, where was I? Where did I find this? I was looking at a graph of like the win percentage during according to length of time of game, and <clears> uh, Delhi has one of the lowest early win ratings within the first five minutes. So if you end the game soon, like they almost right. always lose. Obviously, that yeah. not. A hard and fast rule by any means but i wonder if that screams hey dark rush them make them rage quit before they even get going wow. i don't know yeah that's, that is, i mean that is certainly a strategy uh i've definitely done it as english against delhi before and it's worked out for me um to just yeah try to try to cripple their economy before they can get their machine in a feudal age going and then i mean alternatively you uh, don't lose and take the game to Imperial. And then you're also in a pretty good position. Um, English Imperial, definitely stronger than Delhi's Imperial, for mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, against Imperial is too late. I think that's most all of the ones we were looking at. I know, Bill, you don't have too much more time with us here. So I think we'll take a really quick break and then we'll come back with our final extra sheeps. All right. Beautiful. Hey, Socrates here again. Uh, this is just the part of the show every week where I do some shout outs, do some housekeeping uh, before we close out the remainder of our extra sheeps. First of all, I want to shout out to our very first patron, uh, Patreon subscriber uh, who's donated and pledged a couple dollars a month. Super duper awesome. Uh, we see that. We appreciate that. We do have a goal uh, to raise $100 to support the podcast. It takes $100 to host it per year. Also, there's a lot of other expenses and software and stuff that we've been using that I've got set up. Every dollar that we get is going to basically just go right back into the podcast for now, uh, trying to support our content and make it better for you guys. Uh, I also want to shout out, actually, before I do my more shout outs, uh, the Patreon link, if you want to be a supporter of the podcast, that is in the description. You can just click it. It'll take you right to the page. Uh, we appreciate every little bit that we get. Um, back to shout outs. I, I want to shout out some some peeps, uh, mostly you guys as listeners to start. We've had about almost 600 downloads uh, worldwide of our first two episodes. So 
pretty stoked to see that. It's a pretty good turnout. Of course, we always would love to, you know, grow the podcast, grow the show even more. But I wanted to shout out, uh, in particular, our friends down under. The Australians are pound for pound, really punted above their weight here. Uh, good chunk. They're the second uh, largest country as far as downloads. Obviously, the United States being number one. But the Australians, man, you guys are listening and I, I, I'm i just stoked to see it. So appreciate you guys and everyone else around the world who's listening. I I definitely am just tickled to get to see every single little country get filled in on the map. You guys are spread all across the world and I hope you guys are enjoying the content. I also want to do some other shout outs to AOE Beal and Sir Neville's. Um, they each have a Twitch channel and YouTube channel. I think they actually each have both. You should definitely check them out. Give them follows. Of course, I'm Socrates. If you want to follow me too, the links of that for all of our channels will be in the description. You can hop on in and follow us. And we we do a lot of live streams and videos as well. So if you like our content, you can find more of us. Uh, speaking of finding us, we'd also have a Discord channel. Um, or rather, I have a Discord channel where I have a thread for this podcast. If you want to ask us a question, then maybe we can add a new segment to the show where we answer your guys's questions as viewers and listeners uh, i've got a thread for that so i'll the link for my discord's in there as well in the description you can head on over if you ever have a question you want to ask and have us talk about on the show uh, that's where you'd go and do that i think that's about it i don't have too much else um, we've already talked about rising empires in this episode if you're interested in that definitely go ahead and check them out i will shout out the griot borrow one more time uh, it's a great Discord thread to find team games. Sir Neville started a while ago. It's just grown immensely since the months that he's done that since late last year. So definitely check it out if you want to find some people to hang out with and play. Everything under the sun that's AOE can be found there. Uh, I think that's about it from me. Again, I'm Socraton. Let me head you guys on back to the rest of the show. And we're back. Uh, time for our extra sheeps. I've got like three extra sheep almost. I've got a couple I was thinking about. Um, I think I'll go ahead and start if you guys don't mind. I'll start with my extra sheep oh, and then beautiful. we'll go maybe me and then maybe Sir Neville's then Beal. Um, so for me, I finally beat the Malians. This was like at the very right after we were finished recording our episode last time, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, that week, I finally beat the Malians on the uh as english i finally did it was a, the hardest thing i think most of that's because he tried going for the old fast castle with farimba and i just dark age rushed this guy i uh set a men man at arm over got him off the gold i went feudal all in it worked i was on the pit my it was my proudest moment uh and i, I was like that's my extra sheep but then i had a really cool experience just uh, a day or two ago that was actually my new proudest moment in this game um, I don't know if you guys, if anyone knows Blade five 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 five, five. Uh, he's been doing some fun. He's he's been doing some fun games right now where he'll do a nomad, uh, a modded nomad, and uh, I I am definitely not qualified to be playing against him or Core or any of these other guys that you guys would recognize like Wham or Puppy Paw. Like they were they were these guys. These guys were in this game, and I got invited into this. Uh, it was super cool. It was basically it's nomad. So everyone knows nomad mode, right? You got your three villagers. You got to go find a place to build your TC on, on a mega random map. So it's just this fiasco and there's like eight other players. It's crazy. The trick is everything builds instantly and produces instantly. <laughs> so and there's no pop cap. 
So Whoa. what ends up happening most games is that you end up having like a hundred traders for like 500 gold each. And then you just end up having a wall of knights and a million rams. And it's just an absolute mess. Uh, I, I'm not good at this. I wasn't. The, the mode is really weird. I wasn't good at it. What I did, though, I managed to actually beat a knockout blade in one of the games. I was in the middle. I, I actually ended up as Malians and I was cursing it. I was like, no, I'm Malians. I built my town center in the middle of the map. Probably the worst place it could be. But there was like eight huge gold mines around me. So I just put pit mines on all this stuff. Had like a million villagers instantly popping on my TC straight to the gold. And I just started clicking the Farimba. And because it was an instant production, the Farimba is just churning out Musafati like quicker than you could ever believe. So the Farimba just went burr. I sent them all straight over to Blade's uh, town center and just torched it. I think it got double teamed actually. So I can't claim full credit for this. But... My proudest moment in this game was being able to do that because I'm a plat like one player at best, plat two at best. Blades and Conquer, dude. I'm playing core, core was there, uh, like Wham was wow. there. Uh, big, big name guys who are far superior than I am. It's <laughs> like I was like the black sheep, like I don't belong here. I'm just gonna get crushed. Uh, and I actually wasn't the last one out on that one either. I actually knocked out Blade. It's just such a fun mode because all the troops move super fast, everything produces at lightning speed. Uh, it was just a really fun experience, really fun game mode, too. So if anyone's out there, they should definitely check it out. That's hilarious. I gotta try to find a VOD of that. Yeah, uh, for yeah. Sure. If you look up a uh, Beal uh, Blades Blades games. He's he's been playing a lot of it, so he should have nice. him on his channel. Definitely check it out. I was definitely the little troll who got to knock him out one of those games. Wow, yeah, that's what's up. All right, I think we'll go to Sir Neville's. Your extra sheep. Oh yeah. Uh, so my sheep, something I try with a civilization I'm not very experienced with, but somehow it worked. I don't know, like, it was like, you know, uh, you know it's, a, it's a goal of three games. It's not like it was too crazy. But so on my secondary account, called it my strategy, my little experimental account, I, uh, I was playing as the Mongols, and I watched, like, a uh, Beastie Cutie video, and he was talking about how with the, um, oh, my goodness, why well, I'm bugging on the sheep, the sheep tech that produces uh, pastures. With uh, Mongols, he said that, you know, with their food through pastures, you kind of are, you always know where it's going to be. A lot of people build their pastures around their TC with the Mongols because, of course, you get harassed. You can just garrison them up. So me, I was like, okay, I'm going to try something new. You know, I'm just playing. If I lose, I lose, whatever. And what I did is that I built me a GUR in the top left corner of the map, and I built me a bunch of pastures around that GUR, I had like 40 villagers and I put a bunch of towers around it and I had a bunch of villagers just collecting like I had all the pastures basically just uh, spawning near the uh, the GUR and had all my Mongol villagers collecting the sheep at the GUR and turning in. And then if, any, if ever got harassed, they just garrisoned up to the towers, which I fortified through the stone. So like pretty much I my extra sheep is that a proxy pasture base can exist i don't know if in a higher levels it can because the guy was not expecting the person i was facing was not expecting me to have most of my food in the top left corner of the map that was being guarded by towers and pastures like so when he finally figured it out he was trying so hard to attack my food underneath that's so my fun. town center and I had my pastures in the top left of the map. And so, like, and it might be a wacky strategy, and it might not work at any type of level, but he was not looking at all for that. Like, he didn't scout it out. He, when I, once he finally scouted out, like, kind of towards the end, 
I had all the towers like, and it was a pretty long game. This game was. I'm really sad I didn't record it. I was, and I wanted to go back, and it just didn't even work. I'm so sad. That's anyway, hilarious. but uh, dude, but like when he got near, when he got near my towers, I just garrisoned them up and I killed them all. And they were like, they were like, we got they ain't winning the imp, and I they were bar, I put bombard cannons on them, uh, put cannons on the towers, and uh, yeah, he just couldn't even harass it at all. So he and I had so I had just an amount of I went heavy on pastures. I probably spent a lot of resources I didn't need to, but I had pastures on my TC and in the corner. So he didn't know really how to really get into my food effectively. Because one thing I realized about when you, if you are playing as a model and people are, are they go heavy and maybe they ram rush your uh, main TC and you move your, you can move your TC as the, as the Mongols, you move anything. And if you move it, it's a pain in the, it's a pain to try to move all those pastures mm. too. So just make a pocket. So I just, That's so cool. So I just made me a, I made me a pocket pasture go. And I brought it up in the <laughs> discord and they're all dumping on it. They're like, ah, oh, it's not viable. It hasn't worked. And I wish I would have recorded it. I did it at like three in the morning. I wasn't even ready. Like even I was barely even awake. And I'm kind of sad. It, it probably it was a really sloppy game. It probably wasn't that viable. But I realized that it is possible. I love stuff so, like yeah. that. Your extra shoes. Making your own pocket eco. I love that. <laughs> yeah, literally made it. It was absolutely it was dented for sure. It was it was out of this. That's it made awesome. it was ridiculous. But yeah, I won though. I won. I, I really wish you'd have recorded that. Already. I wish I would have too. I'm so sad. I can't give back and get the vibe. Uh, like it's all it's terrible. I broke my heart. All right, yeah. deal. Uh we don't have a lot of time, but the rest of the time is yours. Uh what is your extra sheep? Uh yeah, my extra sheep uh re- is about the wetlands map and how it's uh when it is balanced for spawn generations, it's one of my favorite maps now, especially to play as the Ottomans. Um, just because of um the ponds for fishing lets you know like where <laughs> it's kind of like a blueprint for how to raid in feudal um because mm. you know everybody's gonna try to fish uh there's barely any sheep so if you're looking for food in early feudal once like your five sheep run out they're gonna be at the ponds around the town center and those ponds are just Far enough away from the TC that those are prime harassing points. Um, so I've loved playing uh, really aggressive feudal games on wetlands and just targeting those ponds, circling around, forcing them off. Uh, it is such a great map for people who want to deny resources in early feudal because the lack of sheep mean you need to branch out to further away eco uh, food eco hmm. that sounds all like right. a good map for the French maybe they have a, a place <laughs> in this game still after all do well on there too do well lots of wood on oh, they map. say they say roost is the poor man's French as they say not right. anymore it's not <laughs> yeah I don't know anymore man the that French are the poor man's roost it breaks my heart every time I look at that win rate yeah. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Extra Sheep, the unofficial Age of Empires 4 podcast. Uh, you guys have been listening to uh, Sir Neville's and Beal. I'm Socraton. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you guys uh, in two weeks. Beautiful. Another See you later. Fine another fine day, boys. Yeah.